Jars of Clay, Faith Like a Child here on British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station, playing for you Christian contemporary music all day long for you here on British Israel Radio. And uh, again, if you want to contact me live on the radio broadcast, MSN Messenger, punch in our Hotmail email account in your MSN Messenger. And if you have a microphone, just press Start Talking, and of course you can talk to me live on the radio broadcast. So don't hesitate, we want to hear from you and remember our website's www.britishisrael.ca that's british-israel.ca the official homepage of the british israel church of god if you want to find out more about us what and what we are trying to do in this end time what our mission is of preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god and doing the work of the watchman to the people of israel and if you want to find out who the people of Israel is, I urge you to read our booklet, The United States and the British Commonwealth in Bible Prophecy. And you will find that we are mentioned more times than any other nation in the Bible. And that work of the watchman is for those people, the house of Israel. Ezekiel the 33rd chapter said, I have set thee a, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. God says to Ezekiel, and of course, that mission is for, of course, the church of God, as Jesus Christ said to them, Watch you, therefore, and pray always that you be counted worthy to escape all these things that are shortly going to come to pass. And then he said to them again, and to you all, I say, watch. And that work of the watchman is for the church of God, to do the work of the watchman to the people of Israel. And, of course, that church of God are the called out ones, as Jesus says to them, that he calls his church the ecclesia, his assembly, his body of believers, the body of Jesus Christ, and they are called the called out ones, people that are called out of this world and into his ecclesia, his church. Now God calls many out into the world, his calling goes actually all over the world, as Jesus Christ said plainly in Matthew the 24th chapter and verse 13. He says, this gospel, meaning this good news of the coming government of God, will be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. That is in Matthew 24 verse 14, I'm sorry. So this gospel is preached all over the world. Yet Jesus Christ said, many are called, but few are chosen. And other scriptures in the Bible say, in, Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, he calls his church the little flock. So many are called, but few are chosen. This gospel is preached all over the world. Jesus Christ prophesied that it would go to all corners of the world, yet few are chosen. The church of God is called the little flock that have yet little strength. How can that be? If many are called, how can only a few be chosen? Now God calls people early in, in, in his ministry, Jesus Christ. He walked this earth and he personally called his disciples in Mark the first chapter when he saw Peter and Andrew in verse 17 fishing he said come after me and I will make you be and I will make you become fishers of men that was their new ministry their new calling Christ called them to become fishers of men 
instead of going out being fishermen, catching fish. And then that same day, he saw James and John, and he called them, in verse 20, and left, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired servants and went after them. So here Jesus Christ is calling his disciples, calling them out of this world and into his assembly, his ecclesia, his body of believers, the body of Jesus Christ, the church, the assembly of God. And the reason why he called people is not only to give them salvation, but also for them to go out and preach the gospel and to give salvation unto others. As Jesus Christ says, freely you have received, so freely give. So even though God calls people to receive salvation, he in turn wants them to go out and preach the gospel and give the knowledge of salvation unto others. Freely you have received, so freely give. Now when you look at the parable of the talents, Christ talks about this parable, and he gave one ten talents, the other five, and the other one, and those that multiplied their talents, he called them good, and gave them rewards, be ye rulers over ten cities, be ye ruler over five cities, but the one who dug it into the sand, he called him a cruel, a wicked servant. He said, you could at least put my money in the bank so I can collect interest. But he didn't do anything with it. He dug it in the sand. And Christ said, you are a wicked and slothful servant. So, people who receive salvation and do nothing with it, they don't go out preach the gospel. They, they don't engage in God's work of giving salvation unto others. God, Christ, will call you a wicked and slothful servant for not multiplying the gift of salvation that God gave you. Now we must remember that when we are called by Almighty God, that when we are called and chosen, that it just does not stop there. We must continue in the salvation God gave us, and when we continue in this salvation, we are blessed. We receive blessings, and God will continually open up our hearts and minds to his truth, and we will not be blinded at all by Satan the devil. But if we dig it into the sand, our salvation, and do nothing with it, then there will be no blessings. Instead, there will be a curse, and our hearts will get hardened, and we will turn inward, and then Jesus Christ will then call us a slothful and wicked servant. So here we have the calling of God, and it's a two-way street, the calling of God, between God and his people, and it's not just Christ that engages in this calling. It's also the Father. Now, of course, Christ calls us through the preaching of the gospel, as it says in Second Thessalonians 2, in verse 14. It says, Paul told the Thessalonians here, 
that God called you by our gospel for obtaining for the obtaining of the glory of a, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is calling people into his church by the preaching of the gospel by the church of God. Again, back to the point I made earlier that when we receive salvation, we must go out and give salvation on others. Freely you have received, so freely give. Now God is calling us today through the preaching of the gospel. Again, in Romans, the 10th chapter, in verse 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How are people supposed to hear and believe the word of God unless there is a preacher? In Romans 10th chapter, verse 14. The church of God, God has appointed them to be preachers of the gospel, to call people out there, to call them into the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God calls people, Christ called people personally, and he also does it through his church, and it's still Christ because the church is called the body of Christ, and Christ is the head. So it's still Christ doing the calling through the preaching of the gospel, but it is also the Father as well who gets involved in this calling of people in this world. Christ told the Jews uh, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him. A little later on he says, no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. And that's in John, the sixth chapter, in verse 44 and 65. Jesus Christ said that the Father draws people to Christ. And of course, God the Father does this by the Spirit of Almighty God. The Spirit of Almighty God draws you, as you hear the gospel being preached, the Spirit of Almighty God draws you into the calling, and the Spirit of God opens up your heart and mind to the understanding of the gospel that the human mind cannot comprehend by itself. The human mind cannot understand spiritual truths. It needs the Spirit of Almighty God to open up your mind, to plant that seed in your brain, and to let it grow. The gospel, the preaching of the gospel is that seed, and the Spirit of Almighty God, of course, is the water that feeds that seed and makes it grow inside of you, that you can understand spiritual things. Notice, in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 9, it says here, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered it into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. In verse 14, the natural man, that's the man that does not have the Spirit of Almighty God inside him, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The natural mind, the carnal mind, cannot understand the things of God. It is the Spirit of Almighty God that must open the heart of man 
to make him understand spiritual things. So this is the Father's role. Here we have Jesus Christ. When you look into the parables of Christ, it says that the seed is the word of God. And that seed is being preached. That is the gospel being preached all over the world. And it is planted. Many are called. The seed, when you look at the sower, the parable of the seed of the sower, you see that the seed is being thrown all over the world. As Jesus Christ said, the field is the world. And here we see the seed being thrown all over the world. So this is the preaching of the gospel being thrown all over. Seeds being planted. And then we have the Spirit of Almighty God, which is likened underwater, feeding that seed. And of course, the ground, the field is the world. And the people of the world. And the water is being fed. The Father drawing people into this calling, into the spiritual understanding. Yet it says that many are called, but few are chosen. Why is it just a few? Let's go to a commercial break, and uh, we'll be back with uh, more light on this very subject that is very important to the calling of you and me and many others in this world. Hey, hey, have you heard the latest? Well, people don't exactly stop by and shoot the breeze with a tax collector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, skimming off the top doesn't uh, make hey, you a lot hey, of friends. You want to talk here? To, well, what's the big news? Well, and by the way, this is Tell not me. gossip. I saw hey. it with my own eyes. Right. Zacchaeus mm -hmm. met Jesus. Really? And is a new man. You mean he's not a cheating tax man uh -huh. anymore? He did a 180. Wow. Said he's going to give half his wealth to the poor. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, Plus, my. he's going to pay back the people. Can you believe that? I can't believe that. Oh, I can't believe it. I saw it. One evidence of whether or not people have really trusted Christ is how completely they trust him with their money. True generosity is a quality that only Jesus Christ can give. What kind of evidence of generosity is in your life? Read Zacchaeus' story in Luke 19 and ask yourself this question. Do things own you or vice versa? Luke chapter 19 gives us an idea, a thought from the pages of Our Daily Bread. All right, we're back here, British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station, talking about the process of being called and then chosen and eventually faithful, as it says in the book of Revelation about God's saints. He says, these are they who are called, chosen, and faithful. Now, we're talking about here the calling of Almighty God. If we go to Matthew, the 13th chapter, here we see the parable of the sower. In verse 3, the sower went out to sow, and when he sowed some seeds, fell by the wayside. Now, remember, the field is the world, and of course, the world is composed of different areas. We have the wayside, we have stony places, and we have good ground, and so on. And it says here in verse 4, he sowed some seeds, fell by the wayside. So here is the preaching of the gospel being thrown all over the world and the fowls came and devoured them up verse 5 some fell by upon stony places where they had not much earth and forwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth when the sun was up they were scorched and because they had no root they withered away verse 7 then some fell by thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them but others fell in good ground 
and brought forth fruit, some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. And then he says, He who has an ear, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, Jesus Christ says. Then, in verse 19, here we see the explanation. It says, Hear ye, therefore, the, par the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, that's the gospel, and, of course, the seed is the preaching of the gospel, the word of God, and understands it not, then come the wicked one and cath catches away that which was sown in his heart. Notice, the ground is the heart of man. The field is the world and is the heart of man. This is he that receiveth seed by the wayside. So here we see the wayside where the person receives the word of God, but he doesn't understand it. And so because he does not understand it and doesn't search diligently into what the gospel is and doesn't uh, pursue the truth of the gospel, he just doesn't understand it and just leaves it there, doesn't try to water it, doesn't ask God for his Holy Spirit to make him understand, just leaves it there, well then, then comes the wicked one, Satan the devil, and takes away that which was sown in his heart. But he that receives the seed by into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word of God, and anon with joy, receives it, yet he hath no root in himself. But he endures for a while, but when tribulation and persecution arises, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. So here's a guy that has no root. He receives the word of God happily, joyfully, but then when it comes time for trial, tribulation, to see if he endures unto the end, well then, he decides, well, no way, it's not, it's not worth it. You know, a lot of people will not give their lives for Jesus Christ. They won't go that far. They won't endure to the end. And as the Bible says in the book of Revelation, they gave up their, they gave up their lives unto death. These were the faithful, the chosen and faithful. They decided that they wanted to pursue their faith even if it cost their lives. This is the true church of God. These are the people with roots, trees of righteousness, as Isaiah says. These are the people that would stand for Christ no matter what it cost them. But, there are some that receive the word of God, stony places, yet they have they receive the word, but they have no root and are not willing to endure to the end. As Christ says, they endure for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arise, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. So notice, in both instances, it is the person's choice. One didn't pursue, 
the other didn't endure. Verse 22, He also that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word of God, and the cares of this world and the seefulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Instead of feeding the word, the seed, with the spirit of Almighty God, he turned to the cares of this world. He cared more about materialism, cared more about worldly things than godly things, and eventually it choked the word and he became unfruitful. And the seed that was in his heart died, withered away. Verse 23. But he that receives the word unto good ground is he that heareth the word, understands it, which also bears fruit, and bringeth forth sixty, a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. That is a person of good ground, receives the word of God, searches diligently to understand it, studies the word of God, asking Almighty God through his spirit, asking for the spirit of Almighty God to help him, to guide him through his studies, to feed that seed, and then he becomes fruitful. And he becomes chosen and faithful. So why is it that only a precious few are chosen, yet many are called? Notice here in the same chapter, in Matthew the 13th chapter, verse 11, in verse 10, the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And that's the disciples. They have the heart of good ground. But he, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that which he has, which we read in the parable of the sower, that they've been given the word, but then it was taken away because they didn't pursue or they didn't endure or they cared about the world and its riches. So they lost the word of God that they had. Verse 13, Therefore speak I to them in parables, parables because they see seeing see not and hearing they hear not neither do they understand and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of isaiah which saith by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive for this people's heart notice it starts in the heart this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Notice, they see, and they hear the word of God, but they don't understand it, they don't see the spiritual things because their heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed. They have rejected the word of God. 
They chose sin. They chose their way and not God's way. They've rejected the word of God, and this is why they do not understand, they are not converted, that God should heal them. Now, think of it. If you preach the word of God to a person, and he just doesn't get it, God's word just cannot penetrate through this man's heart. Why? Because it is waxed gross with sin, with their ways, their understanding. Why? Because they choose not to understand it. They chose their way over God's way. So you can sit there and preach all you want. If they are adamant in their way, and they are hard-hearted, you could talk to your blue in the face. They're just not going to get it. Until one day, they may choose to understand the word of God and soften their hearts, and then God can begin to work with them through his Holy Spirit. He can guide them through the Bible. The Spirit of God can take over his heart and mind. And they let God work inside of them. As it says in Ephesians, the second chapter, let me just turn there right quickly. Ephesians, the second chapter, where it plainly says here, about grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we are God's workmanship. It is God working in us. And if we don't allow God to work in us, if we don't choose to understand the word of God and let the spirit of God water that seed inside our hearts, well then, you can do all the preaching you want. It just won't penetrate. Now let's go to another song here on British Israel Radio. And after the song, we will continue on this study about the calling of Almighty God and why Jesus Christ said many are called and few are chosen. Let's go to Casting Crowns, if we are the body, on British Israel Radio.
Hearts Audio. Underdog by Audio Adrenaline here on British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station. My name is Peter Salemi, pastor and president of the British Israel Church of God. Glad you could join us today in our live radio broadcast talking about the calling of Almighty God. Jesus Christ said, many are called, but few are chosen. Now we understand that when the preaching of the gospel goes out, it goes out to all of the world, but few are chosen. Many are called, but the many that are called and are not chosen, 
They are not chosen because they have chosen sin or the cares of this world. Or not pursuing what has been sown in their heart. And so, because of these people that choose not to obey Almighty God, choose not to pursue, not to understand, these people are not chosen. They don't have the good ground inside their heart the way the disciples did. That's why Christ said, It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Because the disciples had good ground, and they received the word of God, and pursued it, and watered it with the Spirit of Almighty God, and bore fruit, hundred, thirty, sixty-fold. Others didn't understand it, because their hearts were not prepared. It wasn't good ground. And it is because of them, they chose their hearts to be that way. It wasn't God. And because of this, they cannot understand. Notice another scripture here in Romans, the 11th chapter. God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear. Because they chose sin. They chose not to understand. They chose not to believe God as judgment to them, like he did with Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart, therefore God hardened his, hardened Pharaoh's heart even more. And this is what God is doing here. Because they chose to harden their hearts, God gave them a spirit of stupor that they cannot understand. But when the Father, who draws us to Christ with the Spirit of Almighty God, He removes that blindness, that veil that is over our hearts and minds and gives us the ability to understand. Notice here in Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 3 and 4, it says here, that if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Those are people who are part of this world, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. We are born in a ready-made world. We didn't come up with a lot of the religions that are out there, a lot of the customs that we have. This is Satan's world, as it says. He is the God of this world, Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter and verse 4. And with everything that's available out there in this world, Satan the devil has blinded people to the truth. But then comes God, who goes out and preaches the gospel to the entire world, and calls many. But people have chosen sin. Many, the many out there, have chosen sin instead of the pure word of God who can take that blind off that veil off their uh, blinded hearts and to make them understand the spiritual truths of God and instead of receiving that joyfully and pursuing it and bearing fruit they chose sin instead 
and their understanding and their ways and their thoughts instead of God's ways and God's thoughts. So Satan the devil is out there and has blinded the minds of, of the people of this world. And in the Old Testament, or rather in Second Corinthians, the third chapter in verse 14, it says this, Paul says, Their minds were hardened, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. So there is that veil again by Satan the devil on their hearts. Their minds are hardened. And when is this veil taken away? When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 16 of that same chapter. There's the key. We must turn to God. We must respond to His calling. Then, when we respond to His calling, God will remove that spiritual blindfold by His Holy Spirit. And the more we respond by changing our lives, the more truth God will reveal to us. It says here in, in that same chapter, in verse 18, But we all, with unveiled face, with the unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. So we have that unveiled face. The veil is taken away. In Isaiah, it says the whole world is under this veil. And if we turn to God, we choose to turn to God. It's a two-way street. God will call, but it's up to you to be chosen. We must turn to God, let God work in us, let him take that veil away, let us understand his spiritual truths in the Bible, and we will be the ones with the unveiled hearts, unveiled face. And we become chosen. We repent, return to Almighty God, we are baptized, and Almighty God writes His law on our hearts, and we have the Spirit of Almighty God dwelling within us after baptism. And that is a Christian. The uh, definition of a Christian is in Romans, the 8th chapter. Let me go to Romans, the 8th chapter right quickly. And it says here, that for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's the Spirit of Almighty God inside of us, and it is leading us in our lives. For we have not the spirit of bondage against fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, or sonship, literally, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of of God. So, we receive the Holy Spirit of God after baptism, and that Holy Spirit is dwelling within us, and then in verse 9 of Romans, the 8th chapter, it says this, but we are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, and if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. We must have the Spirit of Christ to be Christians, to be belong to Christ. 
And that happens after baptism. Romans, the second chapter, verse 38. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, Peter says in that sermon at Pentecost. And of course, I guess this what I'm talking about here is uh, uh, a right thing to do because it is time for the festival of first fruits in Pentecost. It says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and receive ye the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit, God has called you, you've turned to the Lord, you've repented, you become baptized and have the Spirit of Almighty God, and you are chosen. You belong to Christ, as the ninth chapter says. You belong to him because you have the spirit of Almighty God. Notice the wedding feast in Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Here we see a king that called many people, many people to his feast, the wedding feast, which is, of course, the kingdom of God. And in verse Two, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage feast for his son. That's what the marriage is. It is the kingdom of God. And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. His servants, of course, are the prophets. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Here is the preaching of the gospel. The prophets going out, saying, Repent, return to God. Preaching the gospel all over the world. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. Who are these people? They are called, but they are not chosen. Because they've chose sin. They've chose the cares of this world instead of God's calling, God's gospel. And the remnant took his servants and entered them spitefully and entreated them spitefully and slew them. That remnant, of course, is the house of Judah. A remnant is a small group, the house of Judah, and slew the servants of Almighty God. Now when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt up their city. And that was, of course, fulfilled in Jerusalem in 70 A.D. by the armies of Titus. Then said he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy, because they chose their way, sin, instead of God's way. Then he said to his servants, Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye find bid to the marriage. Many are called. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they were found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man that had not a wedding garment. Now, what does that mean? A wedding garment means is a symbol of righteousness, as it says in Revelation, the 19th chapter, in verse 9. It says that the 
saints were clothed with fine linen, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And that's in verse 8, sorry, not verse 9 of Revelation, the 19th chapter. So he didn't have a wedding garment on. He was sinful. He was a bad person. He was called. He was chosen because he came to the wedding feast. But he wasn't faithful. And he said to them, friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Here's God's judgment when we face the judgment seat of Christ. And then he said, said to the king of the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away. Cast him into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Why was that person thrown out into the lake of fire? Well, it says here, the righteous acts is a, a way of thinking leading to a changed way of living. God expects us to start changing our lives after we begin hearing his call. To be chosen for the wedding, we must respond to God's calling and living a way that pleases him. We must live the way God wants us to live, and that is, of course, through his law. As James writes, it says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. God's law is liberty. You know, a lot of people look and say, I heard a preacher on TV a couple of, a couple of days ago, there is no way you can preach God's law, uh, keep God's law. You can't. And he preached like it was a burden, a yoke of bondage. But the Bible says that God's law is freedom. It is liberty. It sets you free from what? Sin. 1 John 3, 4. Sin is the transgression of the law. If you keep God's law, you are free. Don't you want to be free? And John says that his commandments are not burdensome. Christ said, my yoke is light. Come to me, all ye who are that who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. People don't think of it that way. They think of it as a burden, a yoke, something that is just, it's like slavery. Yet the Bible says that God's law is the law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. So, we have to be doers of the word, and then when we do that, we turn to the Lord, then God, and, and we are faithful in our calling, and when we are faithful in his ca calling, as Peter says, that we must even be more diligent to make your calling an election sure. We must endure unto the end to be saved, Christ says. God has chosen us and delivered us from this present evil age. 
Galatians 1 verse 4 says, but our salvation is not yet complete. We That we will occur at Christ's return if we remain faithful to our calling. As James writes, we must continue in God's law. And Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, let me just turn there right quickly. Isaiah, not the 53rd chapter, the 64th chapter, it says this in verse 5, Thou meetest him that rejoices, and worketh righteousness, that those that remember thee in thy ways, behold, thou art wroth, for we have sinned, in those is continuance, is continuance, and we shall be saved. That's talking about God's law. We are, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness as filthy rags. You know a lot of people read into that God's law? That God's law is our way to salvation when it's utter nonsense? Our righteousness is our way. Sin. Our way, not God's way. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, notice that's what our righteousness is, our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee, for thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and we are the work of your hands. So God is working in us. When we turn to the Lord, let God work in us by continuing in his law that worketh righteousness, as it says. That's God working in us with his law, working righteousness. And it says that in those, that's God's righteousness, is continuance and we shall be saved. As Christ says, in Matthew, the 19th chapter, to the rich young ruler. He says, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And he says, if you are to enter into life, keep the commandments. That's God working in you. As James wrote, that we must continue in the perfect law of liberty. And if you are doers of God's word, and you continue in it with the Spirit of Almighty God dwelling inside you, and you endure unto the end, you, my friend, are chosen and faithful. Those that come with Christ at His second coming, in Revelation 17, verse 14, those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. The one person that had the wedding garment in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, who didn't have the wedding garment, sorry, he was called, he was chosen, but he wasn't faithful. He didn't continue in God's law, but sinned. He chose sin instead of continuing in, his, in God's righteousness. So he wasn't faithful. He didn't endure unto the end. And that's what happens in the when you read the resurrections in Revelation the twentieth chapter. Revelation the twentieth chapter, here we see 
the resurrections, the first resurrection in verse 6 of Revelation 20. Blessed is he, and holy is he, that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Those are they who were called chosen and faithful. These are they that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. The good ground. Unlike the person who... In that back in that parable in Matthew the thirteenth chapter, where his heart was in stony places, he had no root. And when tribulation and persecution arise, because of the word, he was offended. This is the one who received the seed in the stony places. No, not these people who are called chosen and faithful. In verse 4, these people were beheaded for the word of God. They didn't worship the beast or his image, neither received their mark, his mark on their foreheads or in their hands, but they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. As it says, they loved not their lives unto death. And that's in Revelation, the sixth chapter. They endured unto the end. These are they who are in the first resurrection on such the second death has no power. But what about those who rejected the calling of Almighty God? What happens to them? And what happens to those who are called faith chosen but aren't faithful? Well, let's go to a commercial break. We'll be back with more on British Israel Radio on the study of the calling of Almighty God. Now this Global Minute urges you to pray that girls in West Africa will be set free. The focus is on the country of Ghana. A series of temples in the West African country of Ghana houses girls who have been sold into slavery. The local religious temple priest abused them. It's a 400-year-old custom where the girls used to pay for the sins of the relatives. Now here's the true story of one girl we'll call Angela. According to the Global Prayer Digest magazine, she was sold into slavery to a temple priest at age 7 because her grandfather had been caught stealing. Now, at age 24, a Christian ministry in Ghana helped free Angela, and she's learning about Christ. She's also working hard learning to sew and gain other skills so she can get a job and support herself. According to estimates, up to 4,000 girls may still be held in slavery in Ghana. Pray that these girls will hear about Christ and find freedom spiritually and here on earth. Pray for spiritual needs around the globe by logging on to... All right, we're back here, British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station. My name is Peter Salemi, pastor and president of the British Israel Church of God. Glad you could join us today in our live radio broadcast. And uh, if you want to find out more about the British Israel Church of God, log on to our website, British Israel. .ca. That's British-Israel.ca, the official homepage of the British Israel Church of God. And you can find out more about us and what we're trying to do, our mission statement of who we are and what we're trying to do in this end time. Now, what happens to those people who the gospel was preached all over the world, but they chose not to pursue it, not to understand it? They chose their ways. They chose sin instead of trying to understand the Word of God. What happens to these people? Are they lost forever? Well, did they even get a chance for salvation? They didn't get a chance to understand. They chose not to understand. 
They chose to reject the spirit of Almighty God. They wanted to just stay in the world. But did they get a chance for salvation? They weren't saved because they wouldn't let God save them. They chose not for God to save them. They didn't have the spirit of Almighty God in them. What happens to these people? Notice what Romans says in Roman, uh, Paul says in Romans, the 10th chapter, verse 21. It says here, to Israel, he says, All day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect, and that's the people who are called, the few that have responded to the preaching of the gospel, have obtained it, and the rest were hardened. Their hearts were hardened because they chose sin instead of responding and turning to the Lord. Now, is this blindness forever? Paul continues, hardening in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in, and so all Israel will be saved as it is written. The deliverer shall come out of Zion, that's the church of God, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So here's a prophecy of Christ returning to this earth. After setting up the kingdom of God on earth, he will remove the blindness of all peoples. Notice in Isaiah, the 25th chapter, in verse 6, it says, And in this mountain of the Lord, that is the kingdom of God, Isaiah 2 explains that, And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast, of fat, uh, fat things and feasts of wine and of on the lees and on fat things full of marrow of, uh, of wines on the lees will well refined, and he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. That veil that Satan the devil has over all peoples will be taken out. When Jesus Christ returns and set up his kingdom. And then all will see the truth of Almighty God. Notice in Revelation, the 20th chapter again, talks about those who are in the first resurrection. But notice in verse 5, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. So here we see a second resurrection, the first resurrection of those who are faithful, called faithful and chosen. And then we see the second resurrection of those who never got the chance for salvation. Either they never heard the words of Jesus Christ, some, you know, pagan baby who died, you know, two weeks later after her birth of some sort of sickness and disease or whatever. Never got a chance to hear it. All those who didn't understand it. Who heard the preaching of the gospel but didn't pursue it. Didn't understand it. Satan the devil took away what he had. Whatever the reason. God didn't get a chance to work in them because they didn't let God into their hearts and minds. So they didn't get their first chance for salvation. These people will get their first chance for salvation in the second 
resurrection. It is their time of judgment. As it says, that judgment starts first at the house of God. The church of God now is being judged. And then the whole world will be judged. In verse 11 it says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. This is the judgment of the entire world. This is their first chance for salvation. That veil is lifted. Satan, the devil's influence, is no longer longer on this earth. Notice in verse 7 of that same chapter, it says, When the thousand years are expired, I'm sorry, verse 4, verse 3, He lay hold, here's a great angel, He laid hold of the dragon, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, set a seal upon him, that he should no more deceive the nations, till the thousand years were fulfilled, and after that he might be loosed a little season. So here we see the veil is lifted. Satan, the devil's influence, is not on this earth anymore. And there is the great white throne judgment where all people will not have that veil anymore. Christ is right there, and they will have their first chance for salvation because Satan the devil is not the God of this world anymore. Christ is. It'll be Christ's rule. And it says the word of God will be abundant as the waters that cover the sea. Isaiah the 11th chapter. And he will rule and he will have all people come before him. And he will soften hearts. And he will rebuke nations. As it says in Zechariah, the 14th chapter, those that will not come up to worship the king on the Feast of Tabernacles, there shall be no rain. And God will rebuke those. And he will soften hearts till people will obey and receive their first chance for salvation. This is what happens to people today who don't know the truth of God, reject the truth of God, don't let God in, to let him work so they be, can become chosen. And people who have never heard the name of Christ, this is their first chance for salvation in the second resurrection. Now what about those who are faith-called, faithful, called chosen, but are not faithful? Like we read in that parable of the wedding feast where he didn't have his wedding garment on. He chose sin. Oh, well, here we see another resurrection in verse 13 and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works notice the book of life is not here and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire you know when you have the spirit of almighty god inside of you your name is written in heaven you are in the lamb's book of life 
But you can be erased out of that book if we choose to go back to our former lives and we reject Almighty God. And this happens, why? Because we have the Spirit of Almighty God in us and we reject it. We are called and chosen, but we don't continue in the salvation of Almighty God, which is His law, and we reject it right till the end. We don't endure until the end. And we, those, not me, but those who reject salvation, receive salvation, and they are chosen, and reject it later, if they don't repent, they will be tossed into the lake of fire. Notice in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, it, it talks about this. It says here in verse 4 of Hebrews, the sixth chapter, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift, that's the Holy Spirit, and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they have crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh up upon it and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed receive blessing from God. But that which he, uh, beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. So here we see that those who do not produce the fruits, as we mentioned earlier, to multiply, like the parable of the talents, to produce fruit, spiritual fruit, of continuing in God's law, those who do not produce those fruits of righteousness, they don't have the wedding garment, but produce thorns and thistles, is rejected and burned. And John the Baptist in Matthew the third chapter talks about the same thing. These are they in Revelation the thirteenth chapter. They are called, chosen, but don't remain faithful, do not produce the fruits of righteousness, those, if they do not repent, shall be burned. They fall away. We are to renew them again unto repentance, seeing that they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh. So this calling that God is doing today of the preaching of the gospel we must take very seriously is God calling you if he is through this ministry if he is calling you through this preaching of the gospel please do take it seriously it is the most important decision in your life and you will taste the powers of the world to come and have the spirit of almighty God within you and you shall be saved you know sometimes I watch these preachers on TV who say all you got to do is bow your head and say Lord Jesus I repent of my sin be the Lord of my life 
come in and be and and I want to be saved or whatever the however the prayer goes and that's it you're saved I'm sorry but it is a longer process than just saying a little prayer and then that's it no it's God's calling of planting the word of God inside your inside your heart it is the Spirit of Almighty God from the Father that draws you to Christ, opens up your heart and mind, feeds that seed that you bear fruit, you repent, turn to the Lord, the unveiling is lifted, you turn to the Lord, you repent, you become baptized, and the Spirit of Almighty God is dwelling in you. Then are you saved, and you must continue in God's salvation. Continuing in God's salvation. And that is God's law. Is God calling you? You want someone to talk to, contact me. My email is on our website. You can contact me, MSN Messenger, as well. You believe God's calling you and you want to be chosen. You're choosing to, to obey Almighty God. You're choosing God to let God. You're choosing to let God work inside you. Let us know because the church is here to help you in your salvation. You, as an individual, as Paul says, work out your own salvation. It is an individual thing when it comes to salvation. It's very personal. Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. But the Church of God is there to help you in your salvation we're here to help and to encourage tend to edify that's what the church of God is here for that's why God sent prophets and church people on this earth to edify to build up the church so if you feel God's calling you and you want to be baptized let us know contact us our email is on our website at britishisrael.ca let's go to a commercial break and we'll be back with more on British Israel Radio, the nation's identity station. <laughs> 